If you're frustrated with the increasing crime rate in Portland and that many police officers are resigning, feeling like they're not supported, if you're frustrated with the many illegals coming across our southern border, I think they identified they've come from 175 different countries, and you say, well, where's God? Why doesn't he step in? Why doesn't he do something? Um, Why doesn't he send Christ again? Uh, When I find myself getting amped up about things like this, uh, it helps me just to look at our dog. Our dog typically lays outside on our deck. You know, he's not worried about China. He's not worried about Iran getting a bomb and attacking Israel. He's just kind of relaxed. And uh, so it kind of helps me... uh, do the same. But if you, you know, get concerned about things going on in our world, uh, you're not alone. The Jews in Judah, uh, during the prophet Malachi's day, held similar feelings. To their way of thinking, the prosperity uh, in their nation was long overdue. Uh, The preaching of Haggai and Zechariah in 520 B.C., had not brought about any dramatic reversals. At the same time, they looked at nations around them, and they seemed to be doing very well. So they wondered, where was God's justice? They asked three questions of God, very similar to ones we're asking today. Maybe they're exactly the ones you've asked. The first question was, Where is God's justice? You wonder, innocent children get killed on the streets in Chicago every week. Where's God's justice? 90,000 people in the U.S. lost their lives in the U.S. last year due to fentanyl overdoses. It's made in China, comes across our southern border. Where's God's justice? 600,000 Americans lost their lives due to COVID. So God, and now we know that there were treatments available, but Google and Twitter and Facebook deemed them misinformation. And so many people die that didn't need to. Women and young girls are being raped every week as the cartels bring them to the border. You wonder, where's God's justice? Malachi's people asked the same questions. We read, you have wearied the Lord with your words, with your questions. And so they answer, how have we wearied him? So God tells them, by saying, all who do evil are good in the eyes of the Lord, and he is pleased with them, or where is the God of justice. They figured, God seems uninterested in what's going on in this world. Why doesn't he get involved? Where's God's justice? The second question they asked was, does it pay to serve God? The people were complaining. God says, you have spoken arrogantly against me, says the Lord, yet you ask, What have we said against you? So he answers, you have said, 
It is futile to serve God. What do we gain by carrying out his requirements and going about like mourners before the Lord Almighty, you know, confessing their sins and repenting? But now we call the arrogant blessed. Certainly the evildoers prosper. They're talking about the nations around Israel. And even when they put God to the test, they get away with it. They said, we've done all this work for you, God, but what difference does it make? What do we get for it? Nothing. The people of Judah saw the nations around them doing quite well, faring better than they were. They thought to themselves, it doesn't pay to serve God. Have you ever felt that way? The third question people were asking was, when will Christ ever come? Now, Christ is the Greek word for Messiah. So the question they were asking is, when will the Messiah come? This is a perfectly normal question. Jews had waited for the Messiah for years. The prophets had told the Messiah was coming. They were asking, well, when's he going to come? People are asking the same question today. When will the Messiah ever come? People in Micah's, Malachi's day wondered when the Messiah would come for the first time. People today wonder when Christ will come for the second time. Now, let's see if we can find some answers to these questions. First, where is God's justice? The people in Judah's day were asking about God's judgment, uh, things like we ask today. Why do, like the building that toppled in Florida a week ago, why does God allow stuff like that? Or wars in various countries, children murdered on the streets. Why doesn't God step in? Earthquakes and hurricanes causing devastation. Why doesn't God stop the pain? Some people say, that's why I don't believe in God. If there was a God, he wouldn't let that happen. Once people stop believing in God, they soon embrace its corollary that there are no moral absolutes. If there's no God, then there's no right and wrong. Now, our country has many strong churches, many strong believers in God, but we can see our country is moving to be more secular year by year. Example was in a Supreme Court case. It was when Antonin Scalia was on the court, and uh, people were surprised that he came out with a statement that he was a Christian, and he believed in miracles and in Christ's resurrection. Cartoonist Herblock depicted the Supreme Court justices all holding law books, but Scalia was holding a Bible. Washington Post columnist Richard Cohen suggested that Scalia had disqualified himself from further court cases. The assumption is that only atheists can have a fair mind in judging cases. The talking heads on TV savaged Scalia for his Christian faith. If we posit that justices that believe in God <clears throat> and Christ are disqualified from judging cases and abandon belief in a God that has set down moral absolutes for this world, we will destroy our nation. The great French statesman Alexis de Tocqueville toured the United States in the 1830s. He wanted to know why the 
experiment with democracy in the United States was working so well. He writes in uh, his book, Democracy in America, not until I went into the churches of America and heard her pulpits flame with righteousness did I understand the secret of her genius and power, meaning the United States. There's no country in the world where Christian religion retains a greater influence over the souls of men than in America. And its influence is powerfully felt over the most enlightened and free nation of the earth. America is great because America is good. And if America ever ceases to be good, America will cease to be great. But that's just the problem. We're in a war over the soul of our nation. As increasing number of people embrace moral relativism, the belief that there is no God and there's no right and wrong, then you see, as you could expect, increases in drug and alcohol addiction, out-of-wedlock pregnancies, premarital and extramarital affairs, increase in pornography, increase in suicides, divorce rates spiraling out of control, and increasing crime on the streets. In the midst of a world where right and wrong is up for question, we're grasping for anything we can hold on to. And Malachi gives us just that. I read this verse last week. I'll read it again. I, the Lord, do not change. So God's saying, there is a God, it's me, and I don't change. If you're looking for something, someone to hold on to, it's me. You can count on me. In answer to the question, where's God's justice? God says, I don't change. I have always been just, and I will continue to be just. So God sees the injustice going on in this world. He doesn't just look down and feel sorry for us. He sends his son, the Messiah, Jesus Christ, and he pours all the injustice of the world, all the sins of the world on his son when he died on the cross. So now we can be forgiven if we put our faith in Jesus Christ. To the people who felt God was not just because he let Non-believers get away with murder, Malachi replies, but who can endure the day of his coming when the Messiah will come? Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. So he compares the coming of the Messiah to a refiner's fire removes the slag from the metal, or a launderer's soap, removing the dirt from the clothes. So if we're looking at what's going on in the world, and we wonder, where's God's justice? God never promises that everything will go great in life. But He promises that when He sends His Son a second time, He will right all wrongs. So he goes on, I, the Lord, do not change, so you, O descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. These are people of Israel. The surprise, Malachi says, is not that 
things aren't going great in the world. The surprise is that I haven't abandoned you for your disbelief and not following me. God is patient. Uh, Apostle Peter, in his famous text, says, The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So when you see injustice in the world, remember this. The reason God allows injustice in the world is not because He is unjust, but because He is graciously giving us time to repent. When you see something bad going on in the world, don't draw the conclusion that there's no God or that God doesn't care. But remember that God is patiently giving us time to choose to follow Him and to repent. We have to be patient with people who choose not to follow God and patient with people doing evil in the world because God is patient. The second question people asked was, does it pay to serve God? The Bible says God always takes care of people who serve Him. Uh, The writer of Hebrews tells us, without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must... How do you come to God? He gives the answer. You must believe that He exists, you believe that God exists, and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. He rewards you for coming to Him. He rewards you for serving Him. Then the Apostle Paul writes, But thanks be to God, He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Nothing done for Christ goes unnoticed. The people of Judah in Malachi's time thought, eh, the people in the nations around us are faring better than we are, and we're trying to obey God. It doesn't seem fair. It's important to look at things from the perspective of eternity. God doesn't promise that everything will be fair right now, But he says one day he will set everything straight when Christ comes again. The answer to the second question is God always rewards his servants. So here's what Malachi writes. Then those who feared the Lord talked with each other, and the Lord listened and heard. A scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honored his name. They will be mine, says the Lord Almighty, in the day when I make up my treasured possession. I will spare them, just as in compassion a man spares his son who serves him. And you will again see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. Malachi says it may not be clear now, but one day it will be clear that it pays to serve God. The final question people asked was, when will Christ ever come? Now, Christ is the Greek word for Messiah. So, the question is, when will Messiah ever come? So, Malachi, 
answers. Oh, the answer is Christ will come. And then here's what Malachi says. I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. So before he sends the Messiah, I'll send a messenger. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. So he starts out talking about the messenger who precedes the Messiah, and then he turns to talking about the Lord. Now he's talking about Jesus Christ. The messenger of the covenant, whom you desire, will come, says the Lord Almighty. So this is... Uh, so then he talks more about the messenger. See, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the hearts of the children to their parents or else will come and strike the land with total destruction. So Matthew and Luke, New Testament writers, tell us that the Elijah that God promised was John the Baptist. He prepared the way for Jesus. John the Baptist will come first, he says, then Jesus Christ. When he comes a second time, he'll do two things. He'll provide salvation to all who want it and right all wrongs. So Malachi mentions on that day four times. In Malachi 3.17, chapter 4, verse 1, verse 3, and verse 5. The best way to describe on that day is like it's looking through a telescope and first you see the messenger who comes before Jesus, that's John the Baptist. Then you see the coming of Jesus, the Messiah. Then you see the second coming of Jesus and then you see the final judgment. On that day refers to all of those things. The Bible kind of puts them all together so you're looking through a, like a telescope at it. All wrongs will be wrong, righted at the end. But for you who revere my name, the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in its wings. Son of Righteousness is a reference to Jesus, the Messiah. Those who put their trust in Jesus Christ will find salvation. And you will go out and leap like calves released from the stall. When Jesus comes the second time, it'll be like calves being released from the stall. There'll be rejoicing. Uh, when Jory and I walk, we try to walk every day. Our first stop is to greet her horse, Kincaid. So when she bought the horse, his name was Minister. I said, there's no way we're going to have a horse named Minister. I'm a minister. So she named it Kincaid. I thought that was pretty clever. So, she just whistles, and he comes running. Here's a video of him. Sorry, this is blurry. It wasn't blurry when I sent it in. Trust me. So, George just stands there, and he comes running right up to her. I, I can't believe it. She stands right up against the fence, and he stops about this close from her nose. She could get a, a nose job, but she's confident he will stop, and then she feeds him an apple, and then we go for our walk. There will be great joy, like a horse running to its owner, like calves coming out of the stall, when Jesus comes again. On that day, every act of obedience, every, made to, every effort made to live for Christ, every attempt to serve Christ, 
And every act of service will be rewarded. But for those who reject Jesus Christ, the day of Christ's return will be a day of judgment. At the judgment, with sadness in his heart, God will say, for those who refuse to submit to him, I'll give you the right to live without me. Surely the day is coming. It will burn like a furnace. All the arrogant and every evildoer will be stubble. And that day that is coming will set them on fire, says the Lord Almighty. Not a root or a branch will be left to them. Uh, Malachi points forward to the final day of judgment when everyone will stand before him, give an accounting of our lives. If we pursued things like wood and stubble, it'll be burned up and we'll be left with nothing. Some people can't believe it when they read a verse like this where it talks about burning like a furnace, talking about hell. Hell is not a terrible place God created to be cruel to people. It's a place He made where the only reason it's bad is because He is not there. He says to those, you know, people can't believe this, but God is not unfair to prepare a place for people who don't want want to be with Him. He so respects our freedom of will that He says, all right, I have a place for you if you don't want to be with me. So when you see things that aren't right in this world, don't think that God is not just. Remember that God is patient, giving us a chance to repent. And don't think that service for Christ goes unrewarded. Every choice you make for Christ is worth it. And don't get discouraged waiting for Christ's return. He will come. Every promise in the Bible is fulfilled. That one will be fulfilled too. Remember again, let me read again what the Apostle Paul wrote. But thanks be to God, He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Don't be discouraged by the injustice in the world. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. Don't think that serving Him does not pay because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. And don't get discouraged that Christ has not come. He will come. And at that point, He will right all wrongs. Let's pray. Father, thank You for this last book in the Old Testament in the Hebrew Scriptures, where the prophet Malachi talks a lot about the coming of the Messiah and looking forward to that day. And we thank You that You did send the Messiah, Your Son, Jesus, to die on the cross for our sins so that we could be forgiven. You took all the injustice on Your Son, paid for all of our sins. I want to give you an opportunity to pray right now. Tell God that If you do, that you believe that He's just and He'll right all wrongs someday, that it pays to serve Him, and that you believe that He's sending His Son again. If you've never given your life to Jesus, you can do so right now. Say, Jesus, I want you in my life. Please forgive my sins. Come, and I will follow you.
you pray right now. Lord God, thank you for the last book in the Old Testament, Malachi, and all the talk he does about the coming of the Messiah final day. So help us to encourage us as we go out today. In Jesus' name we pray.